0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of How Did They Get There? Today we are speaking to Happy Duddy, project director at Value Chain. Happy shares with us his journey into a role that he loves and techniques that he continues to apply uh, to improve his impact uh, through his role. Listen in. Hi, Happy. Uh, welcome to the podcast, How Did They Get There? Uh, so do you mind uh, introducing uh, yourself to our listeners?
1: Absolutely. So, thank you for having me over here, Dishan. Appreciate it. Um, really excited to be here. So, my name is, in fact, Happy Duty. Let me start there for anyone who's wondering uh, if, if that's my real name. So, yes, I do put that on my passport. And um, as our conversation goes on, I'll be able to share more stories about that, about our family and things like that. But the best way to introduce me is, um, I guess, um, I'm somebody who's grown up in three different countries I've lived and worked in India UAE uh, and the UK for the past three and a half years I've been involved with uh, my current employee value chain and I've been traveling all over the world developing partnerships and getting customer acquisition for them um, again we'll talk a little bit more about them uh, about that um, and and I guess if I have to quickly summarize myself I'm somebody who loves life I'm, 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 a, I'm full of energy I have um, An indirect pressure to live up to my name, and I guess I, I do that well. So that's just a very quick su- nice. summary of myself. But then we can probe into other things.
0: Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your role at Value Chain.
1: Brilliant. So my role at Value Chain is quite interesting. Um, I'll maybe start from a step before that where it, it shows you how it developed. Um, I'll start off by saying it's it's exciting because it's very entrepreneurial it's almost an intrapreneurial role where um, I'm the business unit lead for supply chain intelligence uh, that covers two products supply portal and I cluster and I'll explain in just a bit but the idea has always been to engage with supply chains and advanced manufacturing in aerospace and automotive um, supply chains the idea to connect them digitally drive intelligence and uh, produce that benefit uh, that digitalization offers so over the past three and a half years, I've moved up from a project management role where I was overseeing a lot of innovation projects over to now, uh, doing a lot of business development, pushing it out into the market, uh, that version zero play in the market. And that's something I get to see. Um, I've also been involved in partnership developments in Australia, South Korea, um, and, and converse- similar conversations here in UK and Europe. And so it's it's a mixed bag, really. There, there's a lot going on. I don't have a very structured plan. Um, They change. Every day is different. I think uh, the one one word I would use to describe it is exciting.
0: Nice. So uh, one important question I ask uh, all my interviewees is, uh, do you love what
1: you do? Absolutely. I think um, there's no reason to do something that you don't love. And we we were exchanging a few words before the start of this conversation, and I think Using your time to do something is just has holds immense value and you and you have to regard your own time as really really important so if it's not giving you fun, if it's not making you a lot of money, if it's uh, not giving you personal satisfaction, if it's not contributing to the world, then it's not worth doing it i think and I think those are the four spheres of Viy guy if that's a concept yeah you've heard of before so yeah Great. i think
0: and uh you know you've uh, working in aerospace and with a startup uh, like value chain, uh, what inspired you or what led you to joining, uh, firstly aerospace and uh, working in a startup?
1: Well, I think um, it starts off with my own personality. So, I've I've studied engineering in universities and I did a master's in aerospace engineering. I have always been an open person. I'm I. I like to believe I'm good with communication. I can reach out to people, and so those are two things that I always wanted to bring together. The thing, the, this, the interesting bit about digitalization in general and um, high technology industries like aerospace and advanced manufacturing is the fact that there is a culture change. There's a step change that's coming about right now, where the technology is available. The uh, there's a clear way of using it, but we're facing a lot of cultural barriers, and so. I did not know this when I joined at that point. I just purely wanted to be somebody who bridges the gap between business and, and technology uh, because I could understood understand both. Mm-hmm. But I think over time, I've realized that, um, that there's a lot more to it. The actual benefit comes from the cultural limitations that you have to come over, the explanation you have to give people have to make them understand. And I think that's something that's completely uh, snowballed with me. I'll, I'll, I'll take another second to just say, I've, you know, like all young kids growing up all over the world, I wanted to be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I got into university and I'd spent considerable amount of time enjoying and partying, I realized it was too late to become an astronaut. But then I sort of moved towards it. And I guess that, that could be one explanation of why I'm in aerospace and why I think it's exciting. I hope that gives you an answer.
0: That's that's close enough. eh? You're not too far from that industry. (laughs) Uh, And you know, the (laughs) industry that you are in and the digital technologies that you're dealing with uh, and with your own role as well that has grown uh, into value chain, Um, the different challenges you face uh, and, you know, technology is changing every day. How do you, uh, you know, learn to adapt uh, or change uh,
1: currently? I mean, I've personally always taken an approach of talking to as many people as possible. I'm somebody who's not afraid to put myself out there and say things that I'm I'm, I'm confident about, things that I'm half confident about, get challenged and improve from there. And I think that's something I take really, really seriously. Um, I think you learn faster compared to studying some material and, and preparing for structured exams. So that's something I've I've really taken up. Um, as part of my role, I'm also speaking at conferences. I am, you know, all the way over in Australia, presenting the digitalization journey of SMEs to, to so many different people. And, and over time, that confidence builds up. Over time, you can see those dots that so many lovely speakers have spoken about uh, over the years, and and they will join themselves. And so I guess uh, the, the best approach is, I mean, I do, I do read up, there are loads of interesting newsletters that keep coming out yeah. you have to keep yourself abreast but, I, but the best benefit i've got is when i've engaged with somebody in a conversation i've understood what their problem is i've then gone back and thought about where i've previously applied that or what is possible and i think that's that's the space where you actually take that leap forward as opposed to mm-hmm. uh, just, just manage the race so I, I, that's something that's really helped me and, and obviously you can't let failures set you back you can't let um because you, know, cause you can't be right all the time so you will yeah. get called out and yeah. you will fall short of logic i think what's helped me is the thick skin that i've developed <laughs> over the years living in different countries where i i go in with the name of just absorbing as much as i can and I, think that, I think that's what's helped uh,
0: me owning uh, what you don't know is so important uh, and if you do that then i think you know everybody's there uh uh, to just help you out or even just and just learning from that because unless you clarify what you don't know to yourself how how are you going to learn right um, Oh, wow. so I, no, I think it's a great point from you as well um, and you know you uh, likely touch upon uh, culture and overcoming cultural barriers uh, as well how important yeah. do you think you know when you were graduating uh, that that yeah. was culture even something that you knew that you would look for in a company, or would you just look for a role and what pay they
1: were offering you? I have no shame in in saying that especially bachelors when when I completed my bachelor's and and you come out of university mm-hmm. um i was I have no shame in admitting here, and I say this over and over again. I was a guy looking for a job. I did not care where it was, I did not care what it did. I just wanted some money in my pocket and I wanted to tell my parents that I'm on my way now and you don't have to worry about me. But um, what I've found is that the ability to connect with people, the barriers that culture, language, belief systems have created are actually where magic happens. Mm -hmm. And so over time, it's, you know, now I'm interested in design. I'm interested in psychology because these are things that actually help me in my day-to-day job. And so um, short answer is no, I was, I was not aware and I wasn't thinking of culture. Yeah.
0: But how important do you think that is now um,
1: when you have been in
0: the business uh, for some time? I
1: I think one of the most important things is the cultural barrier. And I want to, I want to play two sides to it. The. Culture, let me just say, culture is the most important thing in adoption of any new technology and more so with digital technology, yeah. given the concerns about data and, and other things. The, the barrier comes in where we've done something a certain way and, and we're not uh, comfortable changing that. And even though we see the good, we can't see through the long-term benefit. That's That's where the barrier comes. Can I just say, let's look at some of the other economies or cultures where... Um, they've been more open to embracing digital technology. I want to point towards, um, you know, Far Asia, so Japan, South Korea, people wouldn't think twice about sharing, uh, you know, scanning their faces, sharing their um, data, and they reap those benefits. So I think, again, from both sides, culture seems to be this common theme yeah. that either makes you, either takes you away or brings you right into the center of that magic. Yeah. So very important, yeah. if I can trust that.
0: Great. Uh, so, moving on to our next section, um, you know, is there a specific book that you've given most as a gift, or one to three books that have most
1: influenced you? I, I'll be honest, it's something I'm trying to grow on. It's something I am trying to do more of. And it's brilliant when I'm engrossed in it, but I just haven't been able to uh, read loads of books till now. It's something I'm still on. But one book that I read and it was actually one of the first books I read, and and I just sort of suggested to everybody. It's it's not a typical book. It's called Top Visionaries Who Changed the World. It's 50 lessons from eight exceptional individuals written by George Ileon, and I recommend that book to everybody because in some ways it's cheating. They're, you're cutting all of that story right down to the 50 takeaways, <laughs> but um, it's so inspiring. And again, like I said, it's the common themes that keep, uh, resurfacing another one that i would uh suggest something i and my ceo tom both are uh fans of uh, is um blitz by reed hoffman yeah uh, so for a digital business that's that's something that everybody should read i think
0: great so i've I've read blitz scaling i follow reed hoffman's podcast master Scale uh, as well
1: masters of scale so, love it love
0: it uh no I think those are like really great books. Uh, so you know you earlier touched upon uh, failure. Um, is yeah. there a specific failure uh, or that you has set you up for later success, or a favorite failure of yours?
1: Wow. so um, you know this is this is something I've actually grown into realizing. And, and embracing that, that 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 this is really important. So failure is very very important. I call myself a second attempt guy. Mm-hmm. Any 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 stretch goal or any ambitious thing that I just wanted and I went after it, I just couldn't hack it the first time. But what I did well was come back from it, understand where I fell short, and then get it the second time. Mm-hmm. And I can go over a number of examples, but uh, for the um, for the sake of the time limit we've set today, I, I'd say. The one uh, failure, in fact, one of my first failures, I think that's when you really learn what it's like and the life must go on is um, my dad's an army officer. Um, He's been an officer in the Indian army for the past 30 years. And I've grown up watching him. I I wanted to be an army officer. I groomed myself to the age of 18 to, to become that. I thought I would step right into it because I look, talk, speak. I'm physically fit. And... I got there, I got right to the last stage, but I didn't get through. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest failure. I was sat in that room of 40 people where about four chess numbers were called out, but mine wasn't. And it started off with almost disbelief. I can't believe they didn't call my name out. And that's when it starts to slowly set in. So that, that was brilliant. But I think what it taught me, and it took me a while to accept it, was um, you know, we should really be able to center ourselves in times of excitement. You know, it's um, because everybody around me believed in me and they were pushing me. I kind of uh, rolled that cloud um, all the way to the thing where, I, where something I was good in, I wasn't able to perform. There was there was something off about it that didn't yeah. let me through. And something that I've picked up from there is sweat in peace so you don't bleed in war. So you yeah. have to kill yourself when you're preparing for it. Make sure. I mean, I, I I'll, I'll take another second to just talk about how. You know, rarely you will see where these trans transcendental performances, where somebody goes out and achieves something that wasn't expected. You know, uh, but majority of the time, magic happens when something you're good at and you can do behind closed doors. You're able to perform the same thing in front mm-hmm. of thousands of people and be able to perform. And I think that's something that slowly sort of set into my mind. If I can just do what I do well, yeah. that is good, and I can focus on that. So. I, well, that, I think that's uh, that a great you- advice
0: um, uh, from you as well. And I mean, again, you haven't let that thing, you know, affect you. And actually, have grown into uh, something that you really enjoy doing. So it's a good lesson learned. I cried night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have an unusual habit or an absurd thing uh, that you love?
1: The funny thing about this is, when you think about yourself, you feel everything's just normal, and yeah. it's hard to pick out the weird thing. But uh, as I'm thinking about it, I think um, one thing that might be a little more, um, you know, understandable to you, but especially in this country, I fast on Tuesdays. Okay. And you know, I'm a Hanuman, but I'm yeah. not very religious. Yeah. But um, it started off clearly with a religious intent, but yeah. I've been doing this since I was. 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've done this for a very long time. I've not missed a single day. Um, but yeah, so let's get to the weird part about it. Um, so so it grew from a religious practice. One week, every uh, one day, every week, I fast, I eat one meal, I had no alcohol, no meat, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think it transformed at certain point into a self-control practice. So mm-hmm. for me, my logic of doing that was more Six days a week, I do whatever I want. One day, let me see if I can hold myself back. And I think that's been good. Um, uh, but yeah, I think if if I explain it to people why I can't have a glass of beer on a Tuesday evening, yeah. it seems just absurd enough <laughs> to have that question. So that's something I wanted to share with you because it's just, I, that, that's again, smart. culture, I'll isn't it? To be able
0: to do that uh, as on a regular basis where it takes discipline. Um, I think that's that's amazing to know. Uh, is there any learning um, that you still carry from school uh, or college till today?
1: I'm sure there are loads, but I seem to be, and this might be a phase, but I seem to be in this mindset that um, a lot of what I do and skills that make me earn my bread and the way I treat people is a part of my upbringing, which comes from home and what my parents have taught me and my family have taught me, Um, you know, I I don't mean it in, in any negative way at all, but I think the maximum going to these lovely universities and awesome schools has taught me is how to structure a report. Maybe how to Mm -hmm. write things in an order, how to, you know, leave a margin when you write on the Mm -hmm. left and these, these social norms that you have to follow to be able to do what you Mm -hmm. want to do. I think, um, and again, you know, the, Facilities have been great, and everything's yeah. amazing, but I personally feel it, you know it's an 80 20 rule, I think eighty percent of what you've learned at home, how you've been brought up, experiences you've had, and about twenty percent of that structuring and, and and you're beating yourself into that form. So I personally think that report writing might be you <laughs> picture from you. <laughs>
0: And you know you've been in industry for some time now, uh, and you know you've come from India as well. So you know that there's a lot of stereotypes in a lot of different sectors. And us, uh, is there a specific stereotype um, or a bad advice that you've heard uh, in your domain or in your profession?
1: Um, <clears throat> first of all, there's loads of stereotypes that go around because the first thing we do is we try and. Um, come up with a jargon or uh, a thrown around advice that everybody's comfortable with and and things. Something that I hear a lot and uh, I think it's, it's something to focus on is age is inversely proportional to digitalization appetite. So mm-hmm. if you walk into a company and you're speaking to the decision makers, looking at uh, how old they are, you could almost understand if they're going to resist these transformational changes that you're going to tell them the reality is in my view in my limited experience i think some of it is actually true so this is a stereotype which is actually true Mm -hmm. and it's not just because um you know people as they grow older don't want to adopt technologies it's scientifically proven you know the most we can learn is when we're younger and then our learning ability goes down and so we tell ourselves we don't want to learn anything new so we don't want to adopt. but that's something i've and and it's a stereotype that's
0: actually true yeah i, th- I think that's true uh, it's uh, i think being in the same industry uh, it's it's very common to hear that uh, but i think it's also you know just validating that it's that you, you show the usefulness and people agree <laughs> i think it comes down to that that's it yeah and you know uh, you have you're doing this traveling worldwide you're dealing with multiple customers uh do you get overwhelmed or unfocused at any point? And if you do, what do you do to bring yourself back?
1: I, I struggle with that a lot. I have a lot of energy. And, you know, many times that energy isn't channeled. So something that really helps me is exercise. I mean, if, sometimes you can't do it if you're in the middle of your workday and things. But if, if I can, I'll go for a run. 20 minutes, I'll steam it out. I'll just hit the thing and go and I'll find myself about four kilometers away from my house, (laughs) not angry anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then I'll just walk back. But it's, uh, I think that really helps get your blood flowing. You know, a lot of the times it's not personal. A lot of the times it's not actually directed. We just build so much up in our head. But uh, the other thing that I also do is if I can't go and exercise is I really challenge myself. A lot of the times you hear somebody say something and you, your brain tells you, Oh, you know that's that's a negative point on you yeah. they're saying something about you it somehow reflects badly on you yeah. and so i challenge myself and i and i you know i i cut off all ties and i just sit my sit with myself and i call it talking with happy i try and understand <laughs> that how, okay. that's okay <laughs> <laughs> thanks for giving me the launch pad Nishan. Yes. um so i i really sort of talk to myself i really uh, get deep into what's troubling me and how can I calm myself down? What is the challenge and what is it that I'm not telling myself? Usually, you say no, no, this is fine, and then you get angry. And then if you really challenge, you understand. Yeah. So those think, are two things. I use them in different combinations. But, yeah.
0: No, I think that's that's some great uh, advice. I think that a lot of people can you know benefit by following those things. Just taking that time to reflect upon uh, as well, uh, instead of just you know giving a reaction uh i think that's that's
1: some great stuff i'll definitely pick up on that i think challenging your bullshit, I, if, yeah if i can say that <laughs> it's, it's you know you know that there are places you're just skipping through if you yeah. challenge your bullshit, i think you can yeah. pick exactly up. uh so you know
0: knowing what you know today uh what would you instruct your younger self
1: okay so knowing what i know today i would tell my younger self don't worry about it. No one knows anything for sure. Everyone's winging it. Yeah. <laughs> and and, that's, that's, and, and I, I mean that well. What I mean is, um, when I was young, and I hope a lot of people relate to this, yeah. when I was young, I thought you grow up into this perfect human being who can earn money, who can take care of their family. They know exactly what to do in a situation. It turns out that's not actually true. People making mistakes all the time. And if you talk about newer technology, especially the area we're in, I, I think there's, you know, there's all, all ways open right now. And so that's what I would say. I would say take the leap of faith. Don't be afraid to fail and just, you know, go after things. There is no um, perfect way to do anything. Perfection does not exist. You have to make it. So look for the opportunity that, that can. So, you know, in summary, I I'd, I'd tell myself to just go for things, and, and not hold yourself back because that's essentially what i think that that's
0: amazing and uh i absolutely agree uh, with that because uh, yeah i think I, i'm growing up and i still don't think that i am as grown up as i feel i should be at my age uh but i yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a funny experience uh, so uh, you know we in the we are in the current times of COVID um, and uh, we are seeing gra- students who are graduating now uh, and professionals who might be you know getting laid off uh, who might need to pivot their careers upskill themselves. Uh, do you have any specific advice, firstly, for graduates entering aerospace or manufacturing or you know the basically the business world, uh, and secondly, any advice for uh, experienced people looking to pivot?
1: I mean, you know, times are so uncertain right now. So um I, I just say we're we're glad that and, and lucky that we've you know we've still got our jobs because you know the world's upside down right yeah. now. Um I don't know how the job market will pan out. Obviously we'll we'll see how that goes, but something I'll I'll tell um graduates uh, joining the industry or looking looking to join the industry is Show that you can take ownership. Show that you're conscientious. A lot of the times, especially when we're graduates, we have a habit of just doing my bit and running away from it. And I think um, speaking from the other side of the fence, as an employer, and uh, you know something that I've seen over and over in interviews we've done and people we're looking to hire is if we can depend on somebody to do some job, then that's it. And and that goes beyond just your skills and and your fit into that role. It, also says that if you don't know how to do something, you'll come and ask. You'll go and find out, and you and you'll do what it needs uh, to to make sure it happens. So that would be my advice, and I think that's universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so for an experienced professional, I'd say um, because digitalization is growing rapidly, and I think if it, I, I always think about the Gartner hype graph, um, so I, I think digitalization is still in an inflated And um, in a state where it seems to do loads of things in loads of places. If you're somebody who's coming from an industry into uh, digital or or, or aerospace applications, try and connect those dots. Mm -hmm. Try to understand where uh, something that's been done here, because it's a high-tech industry. I'll give you an example of additive manufacturing being used for parts that are flying on airplanes right now. Other industries are way behind. Think about how you could use that. Um, and the second thing I would say to experienced professional is this is something I drive from my own life. When you move into a new clique, new gang, new place, new country, new city, if you want people, if you want inclusion and if you want respect, you should be really good at your craft. Mm-hmm. You have to be awesome for those people, that community, that structure, that team to sort of look at you, embrace you because you bring something to the table that is just spectacular whether it is running faster than everybody else or running in a different direction than everybody else and i think as vague as it is that would be my advice since <laughs> i think
0: <laughs> that's great i'm sure that you know listeners would uh, enjoy uh, and you know benefit from this advice as well so happy I mean, it's been great you know just listening to your experiences um, and you know your thoughts on these things uh, and uh, you know we've talked about how you got here where do you want to get from here
1: Oh, okay. So, again, I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back and explain why or yeah. where I want to go. Um, you know, I grew up in a middle-class family um, in India. Uh, I went to, you know, convent schools throughout, and I grew up and I saw my father go to work every day. And that sort of was always in my head. The best thing you can do for yourself is find a stable career where you get paid at the end of the month and you know you go out and do your own thing my journey from then on through university living in dubai for five years working there for a little bit coming over to london spending two beautiful years then manchester a year in bangalore in the middle um and and especially uh, again shout out to tom working with these individuals has really got me excited about an entrepreneurial journey and i think that's where my next step is I've always felt I have great ideas. I've always felt that I can explain those great ideas. Mm-hmm. But I've always taken a step back in letting somebody else do it. And once it's on the app store, I'll download it <laughs> and use it. But I think now I, I want to be on the other side. Yeah. I am constantly building myself up to a state where I can take that leap of faith and start to invest in some of the ideas I yeah. have. So I want to be a business owner in the near future. and hopefully for the better i, I want to bring um, an economic business case but also i want to make sure it's something that helps people that yeah. brings some value in more ways than one so that's that, that's my goal
0: i think that's great and uh, you know i'm looking forward uh, to seeing uh, all your amazing ventures uh, as well so happy i think it's great talking to you uh, before we end any uh, final words
1: that's about it, Nishan. I'm I'm very uh, you know again like I said I'm I'm still very pumped uh, and thank you for having me over. Because I'm at a certain stage in my career, I'm sure loads of other people with more experience can give us advice. I think what I can give as a leaving gift to the listeners is the energy that mm-hmm. I bring with myself every day, and and that's what I will leave the viewers with uh, the listeners with.
0: Great. Well, thanks, Happy. It was uh, great having you. Hey listeners, hope you enjoyed the episode. Would love to hear your feedback in the comments section, and if you enjoyed it, please subscribe.